Hi guys, welcome back. So yesterday we stopped at abnormalities of placenta. So let's continue ahead. Now uh, the umbilical cord initially has four vessels: uh, right artery, right umbilical artery, left umbilical artery, and right umbilical vein, left umbilical vein. One of them vanishes. Which one is it? Easy to remember. V for vanish, V for vein. So vein vanishes. Which one, right or left? Left vein is left. So right one vanishes. Okay. So finally, there are two umbilical arteries and left umbilical vein in the umbilical cord. But sometimes, instead of two umbilical arteries, there is only one umbilical artery, and this is not normal. This is abnormal condition. and it may be seen in diabetes if the mother has diabetes or in twin pregnancies and this is associated with some cvs and renal abnormalities as well as sometimes it is associated with trisomies in fetus right so uh, there is one more disorder of one disorder of uh, umbilical cord that is villamentous insertion of umbilical cord what is this so the umbilical cord inserts in the membranes and those branching vessels are also present in the membrane right and if this uh, branching vessels along with the in the membrane are present just below the presenting part of the fetus suppose the presenting part is head so if these vessels filamentous uh, these vessels present in membranes are present just below the presenting part it is known as vasa previa the name is very appropriate see vasa is vessels so these are blood vessels and what is previa pre is just before and via via is via 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 so how is the fetus going to come outside via cervix right so it is just before the cervix that's why it is known as vasa previa and this is very dangerous condition because uh, whenever the whenever we do artificial rupture of membranes these vessel may get rupture and there might be bleeding and this bleeding is from the fetus so sometimes we need to differentiate whether the blood which is coming through the cervix or through the vagina is of the fetus or is of the mother so for this we do a test known as apt test apt it is named after a scientist and we, the uh, the other name for this test is singers alkaline denaturation test okay So what is the principle of this test? Basically, fetal hemoglobin, which is HbF, is resistant to alkali, but HbA is not. So we use this principle. We collect the blood. We add an alkali, either NaOH or KOH, and see uh, see at the color change. If the color of the blood changes to brown, which is mostly due to hemolysis, we can say that the bleeding was of the was from the mother if there is no hemolysis the bleeding was from the fetus okay positive apt test is seen in fetal blood fetal blood and negative apt test in maternal blood right now let's move on to the amniotic fluid so as you have as you must have studied that there are two cavities in the initial development period one is the amniotic sac and the other one is yolk sac amniotic cavity and the yolk sac So whatever the amniotic fluid is there, it's present in the amniotic sac. 
and eventually this amniotic sac covers the entire fetus except at the part where the umbilical cord is attached right so this amniotic fluid is slightly basic and uh, what is its major source so initially during initial few weeks of life the major source is from the plas- uh, mother mother uh, plasma of the mother but as the fetus develops and his renal system also develops the major source becomes kidney or becomes the kidneys after around 20 weeks okay and how is it drained the fetus the fetus swallows this fluid through his git and that's how the drainage happens okay so main after 20 weeks the main contributor to amniotic fluid is renal system and main absorption or main drainage is through git system okay so you all may be knowing the function of this amniotic fluid but one thing i would like to highlight here is that amniotic fluid does not have any nutritive role okay other functions are there like shock absorb sh- shock absorption temperature regulation etc okay so uh, the amount of amniotic fluid goes on increasing and is maximum around 32 weeks so at 32 weeks its amount is around 1 liters and after 32 weeks it goes on decreasing at 36 weeks it's about 800 ml okay so in abnormalities of amniotic fluid there can either be an abnormality in the color or quantity so let's first see abnormalities of the quantity if the quantity is low it is called oligohydramnios and when the quantity is more it is called as polyhydramnios right so how can we determine that whether this this amniotic fluid is less or more we can't just randomly say that this is less or this is more we need to have some specific criteria so for that we have three main criteria first either we can directly measure the volume okay or second one we can see the size size of the uh, pockets m uh, pockets yeah so volume if the volume is less than 200 ml we call it oligohydramnios if the volume is more than 2 liters we call it polyhydramnios so we have a wide range from 200 ml to 2 liters okay but nowadays we prefer to measure the size of the pockets so we can either measure the size of all the pockets so we divide the uh, abdomen into four quadrants okay and we measure the size of the largest pocket in each quadrant and add them add all of them this is known as amniotic fluid index afi so normally this total addition is between 5 to 24 cm anywhere between 5 and 24 is normal if it's less than 5 we'll call it oligohydramnios and if it's more than 25 we'll call it polyhydramnios but the most sensitive test is to measure single largest vertical pocket so in the entire abdomen we see which one is the largest uh, largest pocket and the length the measurement of that largest pocket should be anywhere between 2 to 8 cm if it is less than 2 again oligo and more than 8 poly so we do this by usg right so now let's say about oligohydramnios and polyhydramnios can you guess what what would be the cause of oligohydramnios exactly right 
so any abnormality in the renal system because renal system is the main system which helps in formation of amniotic fluid what are the other causes some drugs like indomethacin ace inhibitors can cause oligohydramnios i would like to tell you one fact that indomethacin what does indomethacin do that is that it it dilates the efferent vessels efferent okay so whatever blood is coming to the kidneys from afferent vessels will be drained faster through efferent and the gfr production will, will be less and that's how the uh, amount of amniotic fluid formed will be less now the other the other causes are maternal hypertension then premature rupture of membranes and one trisomy trisomy 13 okay now let's see about polyhydramnios so similarly you can guess what is the what will be the cause of polyhydramnios any abnormality in the gi system like esophageal atresia duodenal atresia any sort of atresia okay other causes can be maternal diabetes that will lead to fetal hyperglycemia and eventually more urine will be formed multifetal pregnancy and trisomy 21 so now let's see effect of oligo and polyhydramnios in pregnancy so in oligohydramnios there is less space available for the fetus and one thing i would like to add here is that amniotic fluid is important for the development of fetal lungs so in oligohydramnios already there is less amniotic fluid plus the space available for the fetus is also less so this can lead to pulmonary hypoplasia which is the most common problem occurring due to oligohydramnios in polyhydramnios there is stretching there is excessive amount of uh, amniotic fluid and there is stretching this stretching can lead to abruption of placenta abruptio placenta and malpresentation since the fetus has lot of space to move around most of the time the baby can present as malpresentation okay now if the oligohydramnios occurs later in pregnancy where all the structures all the organs of the fetus are developed lungs lungs are also developed so how will it how will it affect the fetus it puts the fetus into stress and there is uh, decreased blood supply and this can lead to fetal distress which can lead to meconium aspiration syndrome right so now you saw that you saw we saw the causes of uh, both oligo and poly we saw their effects now how will we treat them so treatment is difficult for both of this condition most of the time we just observe and whenever it's critical we mostly go for delivery but uh, for oligohydramnios what we can do is we can do amnio infusion with normal saline externally we can in- infuse normal saline and try to maintain the volume of the amniotic fluid in polyhydramnios what we can do is we can do amniocentesis but this is not very commonly done because uh, it some it rarely may lead to abortion and other we can we can give indomethacin so uh, in the causes of oligohydramnios we saw indomethacin was there so we can make use of indomethacin and use it to treat polyhydramnios so now we saw the abnormalities of the volume let's come to abnormalities of the color 
normal color of the amniotic fluid is colorless to straw colored but if this color if the color is different we can predict what abnormality may be there okay so if the amniotic fluid is green in color it is mostly that the uh, fetus has passed the meconium and we know that the color of the meconium is greenish so that's why if we see green colored amniotic fluid the cause of that condition must be fetal distress and because of those that fetal distress the fetus has passed meconium the other color is golden color golden color is due to unconjugated bilirubin okay and unconjugated bilirubin is released due to hemolysis and hemolysis is mainly seen in rh incompatibility okay. next one is dark red colored amniotic fluid dark what does dark red color suggest it suggests fresh fresh bleeding fresh bleeding occurs in abdominal placenta so if the color of the fluid is dark red in color dark red that suggests abdominal placenta other color is tobacco juice color the name itself gives us the idea tobacco juice it means that the there is iu iud intrauterine death of the fetus and the last one is yellowish green color that is seen in post dated pregnancy so that's it for today we'll continue tomorrow okay till then keep studying and enjoy bye so i said that uh, indomethacin causes efferent vasodilatation that is wrong sorry for the mistake actually ace inhibitors causes uh, vasodilatation of the efferent arterioles and uh, indomethacin causes vasoconstriction of the afferent arterioles that's why both ace inhibitors and indomethacin may lead to oligohydramnios